0: hello and welcome to anything goes this is my fourth year doing this podcast and honestly i have yet to figure out what format to do it in however for today i'm going to keep it light chill easy and just run through a list of questions that i think are fun or intriguing in some way and yeah let's not waste too much time and get into the first question which is what would you name your boat if you had one I would probably name it the unsinkable just because there's an irony to it if it does sink however that is an unfortunate thing for a type of boat. I know the question doesn't really ask what type of boat we want but probably a bow rider. I think they're very cool boats. They're known as like the quins- like quintessential family boat. They often have like room for eight or more passengers. And the area of the boat is like uniquely constructed to allow like spacious seating arrangements. So it sounds like a a chill boat for like a nice group of friends to talk with, play board games, I don't know. It sounds like a fun boat to have and I would probably name it The Unsinkable. Um, For question two, what's the closest thing to real magic? I think that sponges are really close to real magic. I think they're incredible um they're usually made of what is it they're usually made of natural cellulose which is gives it that spongy porous sort of like texture that we all like think about and the sponge actually dates pretty far back into like basically antiquity it dates back to ancient greece and like competitors of the Olympic games used to bathe themselves with sea sponges soaked in olive oil or perfume before competing and also I'm pretty sure in the Odyssey one of the gods like cleans his hands, face, and chest with a sea sponge so it shows like sponges have been with us for centuries basically and it's pretty cool and yeah they're usually made out of like polyester, vegetable cellulose, yeah they're very cool And I think they play a big role in cleaning dishes, and I love them for that. Um, Question three, what's the most useless talent you have? Um, I am really good at catching potatoes. Potatoes specifically, I don't know, my mom would throw potatoes at me like when we were in the kitchen to like clean them for like mashed potato or something like that. Also in like a farm setting, I was catching potatoes before. And I don't know, I have really quick reflexes with catching a potato. Like, carrots can't catch for my life, but potatoes I'm really good at catching. It's a useless talent, but I do have it. Um, I don't know what question number this is already. I think it's four. I might be wrong. But what body part that you have you wouldn't mind losing? Um, I probably wouldn't mind losing my toes. At least three out of five of them I don't think I need. I don't. What is the purpose of toes? I think it's provide like balance and like posture and support weight, right? But I'm pretty sure like, I don't need my pinky toe. Big toe I think is what does most of the work for balance and like posture. But yeah, pinky toe, I wouldn't mind losing. Uh, Which fictional character do you think is the most boring to meet in real life? Um, I think the most boring character to meet, we all read Catcher in the Rye in ninth grade, or at least pretended to read Catcher in the Rye in ninth grade. And I think that meeting Holden Caulfield in real life would be really boring because he just seems like such a a spoiled child with nothing to do in the world. And I think he would have no stories to tell me. I would just get bored out of my mind listening to him. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to meet Holden from capturing the rye in real life. Um, Next question, if you had to change your name, what would your new name be? Why did you choose that name? Um, I would probably choose Victoria because Nicole translates to victory Um, I think in Greek, and Victoria also means victory, but I think that one's in Latin? I'm not sure. Yeah, Nicole means victory, the people of Victoria also means that, so it's basically the same name, but different, like, roots, so, yeah, it's still my name, but different, so, Nicole to Victoria. Uh, what's your biggest screw-up in the kitchen? Um, I was, or I thought I was... Frying plantains, but I actually grabbed like a banana and was basically making banana pudding inside of my frying pan. And for some reason, the banana completely scraped off all of the nonstick lining on the pan, so I basically ruined a pan and didn't make plantains. So that was pretty unfortunate for me. But this was two years ago. I think my culinary expertise has evolved since then for the better, so yeah. So, a favorite movie or TV show that I have? Um, probably The Matrix. I think most of my friends know this, that I'm a big fan of The Matrix. I've loved it since I was a little kid. Probably because The Matrix, unlike a lot of movies or TV shows, expresses a very complex idea with like an unmatched clarity. So, science fiction often poses deep questions about the world we live in. So, like, the 2013 sci-fi film, Her, asked, what if the voice assistant on your phone was so real and alive that you can fall in love with it? So, the question is a lens through which the film considers the nature of intimacy and complexities of, like, love and relationships. And the imaginary setting allows the audience to detach themselves from some of their, like, preconceptions and look at the issue in a question in a new way. So... The question posed by The Matrix is, what if the world you think is real is actually an incredibly complex simulation designed to imprison or exploit you? And, yeah, not only is it just a really cool premise for a film, it's an incredibly efficient metaphor for real social, political, and economic forces that set rules and limits on society. So, it's basically a sci-fi twist on Plato's Allegory of the Cave, and The Matrix challenges viewers to consider that they are born into a culture with a set of expectations and conditions that we don't fully understand from within, and like how much of what we accept as natural and inevitable is an extra, like actuality constructed, who builds those, contra- those constructs for what purpose, and above all, must things be how they are? I don't know. I love The Matrix. It's such a complex movie, but it's super entertaining and well done like, from a filmography point of view, and also, like, the directing, screenwriting, all of that, perfect. I think it's the closest thing you can get to a perfect movie. If you knew, um, the absolute truth to one question, what question would you ask? Oh, that's an interesting one, actually. Um, I would probably ask about dark matter. So, like, in the 1930s, there's a Swiss astronomer, I don't remember his name currently, but you can search him up, Notice noticed that galaxies in distant clusters were orbiting one another much faster than they should have been given the amount of visible mass they had and so he proposed that an unseen substance, which he called dark matter, might be tugging gravitationally on these galaxies and since then researchers have confirmed that this mysterious material can be found throughout the cosmos and that it is six times more abundant than other normal matter that makes up ordinary things like stars and people Yet, despite seeing dark matter throughout the universe, scientists are still mostly, like, scratching their heads over it. So, yeah, I would probably ask, like, what is dark matter? Like, people, yeah, researchers remain unsure exactly what it is. Some, like, originally, some scientists thought that the missing mass in the universe was made up of, like, small faint stars and black holes, but through detailed, like, observations, they have not turned up nearly enough such objects to account for like dark matter's influence. So yeah, um, I would probably ask what is dark matter? Cause we don't really know. It's quite an interesting perplexing problem. Um, what is the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? For me, this was in AP Gov. We read a court case called McConnell, um, McCulloch versus Maryland, which was a uh, Supreme Court case, basically. And background of the case is that the United States government created the country's first national bank in around 1791. At the same time, the notion of a national bank was, like, fraught with controversy due to rivalry corruption, and the fear that the federal government was growing too powerful. And so Maryland attempted to close the National Bank, uh, Baltimore branch, by adopting laws that required all banks to, like, establish, like, all banks established outside of the state to pay an annual tax. So basically, they're, like, trying to tax them out of existence. And James McCulloch, which was, like, an employee of the branch, refused to pay the tax. And so Maryland tries to sue McCulloch arguing that the state had the power to tax any corporation operating inside of her boundaries and that the constitution did not provide that Congress could have the authority to create a national bank. So this is brought all the way up to the Supreme Court and Congress basically holds that, yes, we have the explicit and implicit authority to create a national bank. So the explicit authority is like, Congress can tax, borrow, and spend. And then the implicit authority is that we can create a national bank because it makes things like taxing, borrowing, and spending a lot easier. And you were able to create the national bank under the necessary and proper clause, which gave Congress the authority to carry out the specified powers of the explicit things such as tax, borrow, and spend. So yeah, was it constitutional for Congress to create a national bank? Yes, it was constitutional. Can it be taxed? No, and the reason it cannot be taxed is because the power to tax is the power to destroy. So a lesser power like a state cannot destroy a higher one such as the federal uh, government. So yeah, pretty interesting case on federalism. Thank you APGov for giving me that wonderful Supreme Court case to read. What is a ridiculous thing that someone has tricked you into believing or doing? Um, when I was first learning English, um, my brother, I think, told me that the radio and the rodeo were the same thing. That is not true. The radio is something you listen to in the car. The rodeo is a weird southern thing that I've never experienced myself, or it seems strange. I don't know. I don't think I would ever want to visit a rodeo, because it seems not entertaining to me. What do you do at a rodeo? Rodeo, okay, here, let's read Wikipedia. The rodeo is a competitive equestrian sport that arose out of the working practices of cattle herding in Spain and Mexico, expanding throughout Americas and to other nations. Pretty cool. I don't know. I'm not a big horse and cattle person, so it's not too interesting for me, but yeah. Um, if you were given one minute ad slot during the Super Bowl but you couldn't sell, what would you fill it with? I think I would have like a 50 second ad of me uncomfortably like smiling into the camera or some other person just smiling into the camera like completely still, completely silent and like, I don't know, I think it would be a fun little thing and then at the very last two seconds it would be like the Toyota logo or something like that, I don't know, very avant-garde maybe, too too avant-garde for the Super Bowl. If you could make a difference in the world, what would you be known for? Um, I would probably want to be known for my contribution to chemistry. I don't know what specifically. Maybe it would be like the, the capacity of solar panels to keep heat. I don't know. I think that's a pretty cool thing because it has to do with like the chemistry of the actual solar panel material. Current solar panels are made of silicon, which is by far the most common semiconductor used in solar panels. And it makes basically 95% of the modules sold today. However, the problem with silicon is that like it's not perfect at retaining heat and some gets lost. So I probably want to help the solar panel cause environmental, environmentally conscious energy is very important in my opinion. The next question is, what did you want to be when you grow up? So, um, when I was younger, there were these tests that you would have to take every single year. It was called the, I think, benchmark. And essentially, uh, one of the questions, I think this was in uh, third grade, was what did you want to be when you grow up? It was open response. And I wrote about how I wanted to be an octopus, because I thought having eight arms or eight legs would be very efficient and that I would be able to get more things done and multitask, so like I can be putting away the dishes from the dishwasher, but at the same time like solving a calculus problem or something like that. So I'd wanna be, I said on that test that I wanted to be an octopus because of efficiency reasons. I don't know, pretty, pretty fun. <laughs> what is, uh, next question is, what is one cause you're passionate about? I'm extremely passionate about environmental activism. I think that some of the things that we see go on in Congress where they're not passing environmentally cautious laws, barring them from basically existence, is quite concerning in my opinion sometimes because, I don't know, it's everyone's planet and we do need to keep it safe, um, thriving, all of that. So environmental activism, I think, is one thing that I'm very passionate about. What is your favorite kind of dessert? I actually dislike a lot of sweet things, however, I am a huge huge fan of um, cookies, specifically homemade cookies, like I hate most chocolate chip cookies, but when they're homemade, there's just like a certain, I don't know, love put into them, and so I can sort of taste that love and it's good, and I love homemade cookies. That, that's the answer to that, homemade cookies, that's the dessert that I love most. Um, anyways, I think that's all the questions that I want to answer today, or even have the time to answer today. So, once again, I'm Culture Chicalian, this was Anything Goes, thank you for listening to me answer some pretty dumb questions, but I found it enjoyable, and I hope you did too. I'll see you next week, the week after that, I'm not sure. Bye.